This is episode 10 of the second season of the Dirty Water Podcast. We're doing this on a Tuesday for a very special reason tonight, guys. Whew! I'm, I'm like, I'm already like fired up. I woke up fired up. It is Red Sox-Yankees wild card night at Dirty Water at Fenway Park, nationwide, worldwide. This is the game. This feels like the Super Bowl of baseball. Um, Billy Schmidt, what's up, guys? I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for for like Tuesday, Wednesday sports. We got two wild card games. I know you're excited about the. Uh, the there's a, there's Sox, another game. Cards Dodgers are okay, playing tomorrow okay, too. Um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's a great time to be a sports fan. We had Monday Night Football, pretty pretty good game last night. All week long, there's not a single day without some sort of major sport on. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, I say this like every four months when sports overlap, but it, this truly feels like the best time of the year for a sports fan. Um, I don't know if it's actually true or not, but it sure as hell feels like it. I, I think it probably all day. is. Yeah. We, we got a little shoot. We won't get into it today, but already preseason NBA and NHL are, are now off and running. So the Celtics uh, won at the buzzer last night in their preseason game against the Magic. We won't, we won't get into that today. Uh, Billy, why don't you hit us with our recap, and then I'm going to do a little Sox-Yankees. All right. I'll start with the overall records. Nobody was below 500 this week. I was exactly 500. Which Schmidt, what do we say about being 500? Hey, that's that's good entertainment right there. Pretty cheap <laughs> entertainment. Cheap entertainment. Um, and then Schmidt was seven and five with his, most of his wins coming in college. He was four and two, and Chris was six and five with most of his uh, better record coming on the NFL side. He was two and one. So everybody was in plus money this week except for me for entertainment though. Um, today we're going to cover. Obviously, the wild card games that Chris already mentioned, we're going to cover quickly NCAA football, and obviously, we're going to go through NFL. Uh, we're going to give you a little something special in NFL today in addition to the full week of picks. Um, let's go ahead and get started with the most pressing thing, baseball, Sox-Yankees, hell of a matchup tonight. Red Sox Nation, um, when Instagram and Facebook went out yesterday, I was trying to post a bunch of shit of what we're going to be doing. I was losing my mind. I kept turning my phone off and on. I didn't know there was like a worldwide problem. I thought somehow I got shadow banned for being a Red Sox guy. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> Literally, I spent all fucking day trying to post shit. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm Googling everything on earth on what could be happening with my Instagram account and Facebook account. Then, you know, Hannah gets home and she's like, yeah, apparently it's been out of, like everywhere all day. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Because I thought it was something that was going on with our account. Wi-Fi was off. I'm telling you this was going on from like 11 a.m. until about 5 p.m. yesterday. So, Sox fans, we are opening today four, early, four. Okay, I posted this on social, but if you're watching right now on Instagram Live, we are doing dollar rolling rocks and Natterdays from four to five. We're doing $2 on that same from five to six, $3 Bud Lights and Seltzer, six to seven, and all of our normal bucket specials the rest of the evening, Okay. The Mega Buckets of Bud Light, the Buckets of Seltzer, these orange smashes that everybody loves, the Babe, Pitchers of Cisco, all the things that we normally do um, we're, are all in play today, but we are opening at four because I'm too antsy not to work. I can't just sit around, <laughs> sit around. I got to do something. Somebody please come just in and entertain, <laughs> entertain me. Um, that may be a, that may be an Insta Live special. I don't know if I'll get this recording out by four, but I'll do what I can. But yeah, definitely I, for the people that are watching on Instagram, I right might now. have to Insta Live myself all day because I have a feeling I'm going to be entertaining <laughs> to everybody else except for myself. So to get into this game, and this is a little off betting, just a little bit about the game. So the rosters are pretty interesting. Um, a few things right off the bat: JD Martinez is out for the Red Sox. He's not eligible to play tonight. They pulled him off the roster. For those that aren't familiar with how baseball rounds work, it does not mean he's out for the playoffs. He may return for the next round. He rarely rolled his ankle Sunday over second base, taking the outfield. I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> DJ LeMay, he was out for the Yankees. He's injured as well. Um, sounds like his status might be a little more, I don't want to say long-term, but midterm. so don't know where he's going to be. Bad week to have an abbrevi abbreviated first two letters in your name. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Seriously. So I'm not sure how Martinez is abbreviated. M-A. Well, that's his first. No, J-D. J-D, no. DJ. Yeah. Give me some I got it. All right. I got it. I got it. I thought you were going with the LeMahieu, the L-E. But I, yeah. I, now, now I'm with you. Okay. So, the other little thing that I forgot about that my man Boston Eric reminded me this morning, when I saw the rosters came out, I did not understand why Jose Iglesias, who's been starting in second for the Sox, the majority of the games this last few weeks, is not eligible for the playoffs because of the way he was acquired late in the season after he played most of the year in Baltimore. Um so, interesting, we don't really know what the lineups are yet, and we're starting this. Um, 
there's a couple of ways this could play out. Will Kike play second or center? Uh, that kind of determines everything else. If Kike's at second, we probably assume Duran is in center, which Duran hasn't even played the major league level in about six weeks. Clearly the best Red Sox outfielder with the glove and with his legs. Clearly a nine hitter who's really not a major league hitter yet, which is why they sent him back down to the minors to work in the swing. Flip that around. If Kike's in center, mm -hmm. I assume Christian Arroyo's playing second because I don't really know who else would. Um, and then how is that going to affect the whole if, – if Kike's at second, then does that mean Schwarber's going to play left with Duran in center, or Schwarber definitely get a DH? There's a lot to figure out, guys. So I'm very uh, excited to see the lineups come out, which probably won't come out till around 5, 6 o'clock for an 8 o'clock start. The Yankees also dealing with some similar issues. With LeMahieu out, who's going to play the third short? Urshela will play one of those, but which one? If he's at short... Uh, Odor's at third. If he's at third, that means Velasquez, the kid, uh, who, you know, was actually, although not a notable player, was a big part of that 13-game winning streak about a month and a half ago for the Yankees. Well, he started short tonight. So a lot to figure out. Also, from a pitching standpoint, um, Cora scares the shit out of me lately with the way he's handling pitching. He pitched Eduardo Rodriguez in the eighth inning in Finats on one-day rest after a great start that he had Friday. Erod is on the roster tonight. Now, I don't know how much he would let him pitch after throwing a start, one-day rest, throwing an inning, one-day rest. Chris Sale is not on this roster, so he is not eligible to pitch out of the bullpen. Obviously, we know Evaldi starting for the Sox, and Cole is starting for the Yankees. Yep. The Yankees really don't have any questions for their bullpen. Their bullpen is their strength. They've got a lot of arms, a lot of good arms. They're really um, – I would not be shocked if Cole gets any kind of trouble tonight. They pull him early and go right to the pen. The Red Sox have a lot more questions. They need innings out of Evaldi because their options are a little strange right now. I don't even know who the Red Sox closer would be in a, in a winning situation. Right. They pulled they pulled Sale in like the third against the Nats, and so they used a lot of arms. A lot of arms pen. with one-day rest now. Is Whitlock the closer? Is Robles the closer? Is Adovino the closer? We don't know these things going into tonight, which is a little bit unnerving uh, pulling for the Sox here. Don't really know how the setup will be. Will Pavetta, who also came out of the pen against the Red Sox, Pavetta actually pitched the ninth inning when the Red Sox took the lead at the top of the ninth. Another Red Sox starter. So Erod and Pavetta literally closed the eighth and ninth inning against the Nats the other day. These are their other two starters that, God willing, would be eligible to be starting on Thursday. Right. Because um, they're not going to push sale with, without a full rest coming off of two years of you know rehab. So. Right. God willing, the Sox win. Sale's going to pitch game two against Tampa. But if Pavetta and Erod are both using this game, obviously Evaldi's the starter. I haven't a freaking clue who would start game one. A um, lot of questions, guys. I don't know if you have a take on this. I don't know if you're just letting me rant. I'm really not ranting. I'm not even pissed, as I told them earlier. Yeah. I just got a lot of questions sitting here on Tuesday afternoon on what the hell the Red Sox lineup. And pitching will look like tonight against the New York Yankees. Thoughts, guys? Yeah, so I, I guess just like a, a super quick recap because that was all pretty fast. Sox have questions at the shortstop and center field position. Second and short. Second, sorry. Second, second and center. Second and center. Second and center. Um, and then the bullpen a little bit. Who's, who's coming out of the pen after Rivaldi's done today? Um, and then on the Yankees side, they've got shortstop third base. Right. Um, and then pitching is kind of set for them. Right. Um, I don't have any other commentary besides that. I do have a pick, but do you have any other thoughts? Yeah, I don't have much that? regarding the lineups. I just kind of have a pick, and it's not going to change, you know, depending on how things shake out. The, at, at a quick glance, because to be honest, I, I, I have no interest in gambling on this game. This is strictly fanhood and, and running the business tonight. But I think on a glance, correct me if I'm wrong, on the money line, I think I saw Sox plus 100, Yankees minus 139. Am I correct on correct. that? Correct. Yep. Okay. Um, All right, go for it. Yeah, so I'm going to take the Yankees. Uh, I know it's not what you guys want to hear. Whoever's listening, big fans of Dirty Water, you're probably big fans of the Red Sox. I'm taking the Yankees here, putting uh, putting any feelings. I don't have huge feelings for either of these teams, uh, so I don't have much to put aside. But I would put it aside and look at the pitching matchup. Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole. And Evaldi, as good as he is, not Garrett Cole. That's what I'm basing this off of. I think that the Yankees pitching is set. To your point, like even after Evaldi's out, we don't know who's really going to come in for the Sox. For me, that that Yankees lineup is, you know, it, they have hitters. I know they've been a little streaky at times, but um, you know, just top to bottom, I think the Yankees should be favored. 
Uh, minus 139 is not enough to scare me away from it like it might be in the next game. We'll talk about that in a second, but uh, I'm going Yankees money on here. So, yeah, um, I, I think it's going to be a pitching duel. Um, I'm betting on the pitchers in this matchup. I'm going under eight runs, so it has moved to seven and a half um, here. Um, I still like some props regarding Evaldi and Cole. At Roto Grinders, we have projections, four strikeouts for each, each pitcher. Um, Evaldi's prop is set at five and a half strikeouts. We have him projected to get 6.1. Um, and Cole, we have projected for seven and a half strikeouts nearly. And his prop is at six and a half. So I'm betting over on both of those and taking the under on the, the total runs. Okay. So um, a couple of thoughts since I said I wouldn't get involved in the betting, but actually Schmidt kind of triggered some things with the starting pitchers and the strikeouts. A couple of things to look at here. Um, chances are, because of the strength of the Yankee bullpen, as opposed to maybe the, I will call it, call what it is, what it is, the weakness of the Red Sox bullpen, I believe Boone would be more likely to pull Cole quicker than Cora would Evaldi, given situations. Because right. uh, the Yankees really do have a lot of guys they can throw in there. Um, so of those two strikeout counts, you like Evaldi's I, I like Evaldi's a little better for that fact. Um, both teams are pretty free-swinging. The Red Sox are especially free-swinging, so the Red Sox do tend to strike out a lot. The Yankees are sort of a strikeout walk team. They're just not a big contact team. Um, they're a little more patient at the plate than the Red Sox, but they do swing and miss a lot. And they have Joey Gallo, who loves to strike out more loves than anybody in baseball. Out. So I, I, I'm kind of on your page. I think it's going to be a pitcher's duel for a while, which means I would tend to agree that I think both those strikeout props are going to hit on the over. Um, I think Evaldi's has a little bit better chance. Cole's a little bit better strikeout pitcher, although Evaldi's a pretty good strikeout pitcher too. But if the Red Sox have any chance to win this game today, Evaldi has to give them some innings. Cole does not necessarily have to give the Yankees innings. So there's just my general thought. No, on yeah, that's a great point. Because that's if that's a reason for betting under on Cole, for sure, if you, um, if you are a Lean towards that bullpen. Because Severino, Loisaga, they're throwing great right now. They're both can probably throw two innings if they had to. Green, I mean, they, we don't have to go through all this. The Yankees have a lot of arms in that right. bullpen that are quality arms. The Red Sox, it's going to be such a patchwork game. Um, it's going to be really interesting. Now, prior to his last start against the Yankees, where Evaldi was terrible, and, and, and this goes back to my rant from a couple weeks ago where I thought the rotation should have been pushed back a day mm-hmm. after that Mets series yeah. sale. And Evaldi yep. would have gotten an extra day out. rest. Let no, no, no. <laughs> Evaldi's back on five days rest here. And he's typically far, far, far better in five days than going 4 4 4 4 4, which is what he was doing for a while. Um, so I have a lot of confidence. Evaldi's historically is great against the Yankees. He's just not in his most recent start most where recent he was start. on that four days rest. Yep. So back on five, I got a lot of confidence that Evaldi gives, gives the Sox six plus tonight. Um, but again, in any kind of winner take all game, even despite what I'm saying, the need for him to go deep for the Sox. In any kind of winner-take-all game, you got to know that starting pitchers have short leashes. That is just a fact of yep. life. So, so the other way to think about that, and we haven't talked too much on the show about alternate bets. Uh, we've done a lot of like baseball futures. We haven't done a lot of like props or in-game betting. Um, and another big way that people bet on uh, baseball specifically that's unique to them is they have a first five innings line um, both for you know you can bet on one of the teams to be winning after first five and, and again the idea is first five is generally where your starting pitcher will go obviously it could be could be longer could be an inning shorter um, but if, if you're focused on a volatile Cole you can bet that line um, you can take if you think it's going to be a pitcher's duel you can take the under on just the first five instead of the whole game it eliminates this kind of volatility that the bullpen may have for the Sox so um, I'm taking Yanks. You're taking the under and overs on both strikeout counts yeah. for pitchers. All right. We'll uh, spend a lot of time on that one. We'll go quicker since uh, Dirty Water Nation's a little less interested in this game. But it's a, it's a fun wild card game nonetheless. It is actually a great wild card Tomorrow, game. Tomorrow, the Red Hot Cardinals are on the road at uh, probably still the World Series favorite, the Dodgers, even though they ended up in a wild card game. Um, cards are plus 175 and are pitching Wainwright. Dodgers are minus 250 pitching my boy, Max Scherzer. I'm going to give a quick pick in this, and I'll pass these guys. Wainwright's going to win the game. Joe. Okay. Um, I've got I've – got, that's a, a, a good pick if you like money. I'm 
hesitant to take the Dodgers at minus 250. I think they're going to win the game. I just don't love the odds. I think they're just a little bit too heavy favorite. But I think I like over seven and a half runs here. Uh, Wainwright's really. You Wayne, like the over with Wainwright's ERA is, has been over 3.0 all season, and frankly, the Dodgers lineup hitting wise is you know one of the best in the league. So if his average is three, you got to think those guys are going over. Uh, I think the Cards score enough to that it's not a blowout, but uh, I've got a feeling this one's going over seven and a half. So that's my pick for the game. Yeah, that Dodgers lineup makes it scary to bet the under, but that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm going opposite of um of you okay. taking under seven and a half runs. The only like the Cardinals have just been red hot, but Scherzer has been just as hot since he's gone to LA. He's oh been unhittable. unhittable. I mean, it's been insane. Since the beginning of August, he owns a one point nine eight ERA. Um, in that span, he is striking out thirty three and a half percent of opposing hitters. Um, against a minuscule three percent walk rate, um, so he's just been sensational. I don't think it's going to quit this time. Could the Dodgers, you know, score eight runs or something? Of course. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I think this is going to be another low-scoring affair. This is a pretty cool game, and I'm, obviously, I'm so focused on Sox Yanks. This is a pretty cool game because you've got two classic veteran starting pitchers. I mean, both of them are over the age of 37. You don't see that every day. Right. And Wainwright's having his best year in probably a decade right now, or at least six, seven years. Um, I'm, I'm going to jump back to why I'm picking Wainwright and the Cardinals now. Wainwright, historically in the playoffs, is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Now, it's been a long time, but this is watching how well he's pitching right now. It seems like the old Adam Wainwright. Max gets amped, and Max gets a little crazy sometimes in the playoffs. I've seen both sides of Max, obviously, being here with the Nats for yep. years. We've seen kind of good and bad Max in playoff games. Sometimes he gets so amped up. His fastball gets a little, it gets really hard and really straight and gives up those solo home runs early in the game, throwing 98 miles an hour because he's so fired up. He sometimes doesn't pitch as intelligently in playoff games. He pitches emotionally. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a couple of solo shots from the Cardinals in the first two innings or so. And I have a feeling... That Wainwright throwing to Molina is going to be some classic shit. Some real old school quality baseball shit. And, and, and I like the Cardinals. are kind of like a two-to-one yeah. game here. And, okay. and the Dodgers are without Muncie. And, of course, they've been playing without Bellinger. So, um, that's some, that's some yeah. thunder out of that lineup. Yeah. That's some big thunder yeah. they don't have. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, this one, just if you can't tell from all of our picks, we have kind of been all over the place between the three of us. I know you both like the under, but maybe in a different style. Um, this game could really go anywhere. I was envisioning like a six to three, five to four kind of game, and you guys are thinking it's going to be two one or, or four two or something like that. So, uh, should be a good one. It'll be fun to watch tomorrow night. Obviously, tonight come out to Dirty Water. I will get this posted as quickly as I can for those of you listening recorded, those on Instagram Live. Uh, you're listening to it on time. So 4 p.m. Dirty Water. He's opening up, giving you some drink beverages deals. Any other thoughts before we jump to no, college Yeah, we got a lot to cover, so we're gonna we, we went far longer in baseball than we normally would for obvious reasons. Let's get in this college football. Alright, so why don't you start us off with your system picks? I have the there's four top twenty five matchups I've got picked, and I think Matt's just got a couple for us. System Chris. picks, and I gotta be honest, I don't love two of them, but I'm I when you do the system, you gotta stick with it. That's how it yeah. works. So there's two games I don't love here, so I'm gonna include you in on that. My four picks, because of the spread, again, once again. Road dogs by less than three. Pick them on the money line to win. Gives you a better price. And this is how the system plays out. I've got West Virginia at Baylor to win. Don't love it. That's one of the ones I don't love. Kind of like the way Baylor's playing. But I'm taking West Virginia per my system. Baylor did just lose last week to Oklahoma State. Yeah. wasn't a great game, so maybe they got a chance. All right. The UVA Cavs, my partner here to my left. I am taking your boys on the go. money line at Louisville. Louisville just lost a tight one against Wake Forest, who all of a sudden looks like a pretty good football team. I've got San Jose State, which they've already gotten one win for me this year at Colorado State, two win on the money line. And the final game that I really, I'm going to tell you straight up, I'm sticking to my system, but I actually do not like my own pick here. I've got Penn State winning at Iowa, and I think Iowa's pretty fucking good. Uh, again, it's it's a system thing. The math only works if you do it every time. Every time, can't be selective. Can't be selective, so I'm sticking with it. Um, I'm saying this off script. 
I don't love that pick, guys. Hear me. I don't love that pick because Iowa was really good, and I think Penn State has trouble scoring. Okay, passing it down. Trust the process. Okay, so uh, I will go through my four real quick. I will end on the same game as you have, so you guys know at this point for college football, I go through just any top 25 matchup. Got to have both teams in the top 25. Those are the games I pick every week just to keep those, those hot games in the front of your mind. Oklahoma is at Texas. Oklahoma's six. Texas is 21. Texas is a three-and-a-half-point dog. Oklahoma has been sneaking by, I think, the last three games. They've been shaky. They've, oh. won, they've won by, I think, less than a touchdown or a touchdown or less in, in like, the last three or four My games. My alma mater had the ball to win it on opening day. Yeah. They didn't win. It's 40-35 Oklahoma. But Tulane is not exactly a football power and had the ball at Oklahoma in Norman, which was a home game for Tulane because of the hurricane, uh, they had the ball under two minutes to go to drive and win. So yeah, I mean, Oklahoma struggled with Nebraska. They they are they almost lost West Virginia right now, yeah. but they are finding ways to win. And I am going to bet against that trend. I think they are better than what they the, how close the games have been. I think they find a way for that offense to create some some uh, distance between uh, them and, and Texas. I'm going with Oklahoma minus three and a half. Uh, they find a way to win games in close ones. I know Texas is probably one of the better teams, and playing in UT is tough. But I think Oklahoma finds a way to win it. Well, it's a neutral site. Is it not a it's neutral site? It's in Dallas. It's, it's, Dallas. it's, yeah, the, it's the Red Cotton, River game. Cotton Bowl. Okay, so even better. Even better. They, they, they in, sell the tickets 50-50. Not in Texas Stadium, so love it even more. Oklahoma minus 3.5. Next game, Arkansas, who just got schmacked around by Georgia, is at... Uh, 17, Old Miss, who just got schmacked around by Alabama. So two teams coming off a win. How do you bounce back? I think Old Miss has it in them. Old Miss at home is minus six. I'm going to take them. And I think it's the offense, right? Arkansas's offense was abysmal against Georgia. Not only that, their defensive line, like the, the, the Georgia offensive Steam line. Steamroll. Yeah. It was, Steam roll. it was like a disheartening game for, for Arkansas. And I don't think, like, Old Miss did not even cover the, I think, 14-point spread last time versus Bama, but I don't think it, it was, like, a disheartening loss like Arkansas was. It really felt like a gut punch to Arkansas, not being able to drive the ball. Um, the defensive line just was getting rolled over. Every time the ball was snapped for Georgia, all they did was run it, run it, run it, run it, run it. Every time the ball was snapped, the line of scrimmage would just move two yards in favor <laughs> of Georgia. Incredible. Um, Arkansas, I, I think, is going to have a tough time coming out and playing uh, one of the Heisman favorite quarterbacks in Matt Corral. Um, so Old Miss at home, less than a touchdown spread. I'm going to take them. Um, speaking of Georgia, number two Georgia's on the road at number 22 Auburn. It's a 14.5-point line. And once again, I'm going with the favorite Georgia. But sorry, Dogs fans. I'm going to throw a little stat out for you related to my picks and the Dogs. I have picked the two times that they've been in my uh, podcast picks playing a top 25 opponent. I have picked against them because I thought it was too many points. And they have covered both those times. But now I'm picking for them. So that little trend doesn't bode well for you. But you've earned my vote of confidence. I don't know how much that's worth to you. Uh, but goddamn, Georgia's lines, both of them, offensive and defensive last week, looked amazing. Uh, I think Arkansas is a better team than Auburn. It's the same exact spread as last week, so why would I think that Georgia would not also cover here? Um, I guess it's on the road, so that's a little different. But either way, Georgia's, Georgia's better than two touchdowns better than Auburn. Um, last pick, you said you didn't like it in your system. Number four, Penn State at number three, Iowa. Definitely the game of the week in college football. Iowa is a two-point home favorite. That Iowa defense is going to fuck Penn State up. Yeah. They got five interceptions against Maryland. That defense is for real. The offense, I think, put up 40. And a lot of those points you can attribute to being from the turnovers. So not pure offensive generation for 40 points. Um but I, I think that Iowa defense is for real. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. But I like Iowa to cover two points and win at home. I, I was shocked when I saw this line. I don't know if it's just, you know, the popularity of Penn State as opposed to the popularity of Iowa that kind of moved the line a little bit. I'm, I'm, I, didn't, I didn't want to bet on this game the way I bet on it. I'm, I have to stay true to my system. But, man, I, system. I really, really agree. I love Iowa in this game. I think they have – a far better offense than Penn State. I think both teams have a pretty damn good defense. Um, 
It's going to be a zoo in Iowa. I assume College Game Day is going to be there this week because it seems like that's where they should yeah. be. Number three versus number four. Yeah, it, it, it's, this is a great game. And, and uh, believe me, the networks want Penn State to win this game because when it comes down to the business of sports, if they can get Penn State in that Final Four, that that now the whole reason the Big Ten acquired Maryland and Rutgers several years back was to gain the New York and D.C., basically the big East Coast markets, uh, to try to promote college football in the Big Ten. Big Ten specifically on the East Coast. So the powers that be that run college football would love Penn State to win this game because that would solidify them as number three behind clearly the two top teams and potentially, you know, if they can run the table, get there. But I had to get all the way to the college football playoff. But, man, we won, we had a big crowd in here for Iowa-Maryland on Friday. And, I, and Maryland's pretty good this year. 4-0 team, pretty good in that that wasn't very close. I was pretty freaking good. They forced some turnovers early, and it just went it, it went away quickly. So, not not disagreeing with you on the Iowa pick, despite my Penn State uh, money line pick. All right, what do you got, Schmidt? So, speaking of defenses fucking offenses up, I think Nick Saban will own Jimbo Fisher in College Station. Um, Bam is traveling to A and M as seventeen and a half point favorites. We saw it, Bam. Hold Ole Miss to 21 points last week. A&M, they scored 20 points against Colorado and Arkansas combined. They have absolutely no offense. I just see no way they keep up with with Alabama this week. Um, Next, I am going to disagree with Billy. I'm going to take Texas plus three and a half. I've been on this Texas bandwagon reluctantly. I hate it um, all season (laughs) long. Um, but OU has just struggled. They could have lost to West Virginia two weeks ago. K-State played with them through, through three quarters last Saturday. Yep. Um, Texas has a, high, like, a Heisman candidate in Bijan Robinson. They're running back. He's the best running back in the nation. You've been talking about Bijan yeah. this entire season. He's 40-1 to 1 odds right now. If, he, if they win this game, he's going to be top five in that Heisman, on the Heisman list. And if they go to the Big 12 Championship, I would bet money he's going to be in New York at the ceremony at the season's end. Um, so I love him. And then I'm going to finish it with um, the under in the Texas Tech versus TCU game. We got um, Patterson, who's a defensive coach. Um, and Texas Tech's defense has looked a lot better. They went to West Virginia, won last week after getting stomped by Texas the week before. Um, I think it will be more of a defensive battle, so I'm betting under 62.5 points. 62.5. You love betting on Texas Tech. Yeah, well. we, we try to talk yeah. Schmidt out of it. You should never bet on your own team. Hey, I said under. <laughs> he's hey. betting the under, so he's not yeah. betting on or against his own team. He's just yeah. betting the under In that game. In a way, it's, he's betting against his own offense. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so. but for his defense, so we'll yeah. give that to him. Now, it's, it, it's interesting to look at this college football season. I, I, we were talking about this before we, we started. It, it, can anybody compete with Bama and Georgia? Or no. is this just a foregone conclusion they will be undefeated playing in the SEC title game in December? And beyond that, whoever loses drops to a three seed, more than likely not even a four. They avoid each other in the semifinals. And is this the national championship game, Bama versus Georgia? Right now, and, and look, Bama, Georgia's even been doing it for the last couple weeks without JT, a quarterback, and it, it hasn't mattered and it's not like they're playing crap teams. I mean, Arkansas was number eight, although I think that might have been an overrate. Uh, I think we, we're, we're finding that now after uh, – we'll, we'll see what Arkansas does with Ole Miss. So it'll be interesting to see who Arkansas really is and who Ole Miss really is. That's a very interesting matchup at noon on Saturday, uh, those two, because it's kind of what Billy said, both coming off a big loss. Um, they are the next rung of teams in the SEC to sort of, I don't know, gain that stranglehold over who the third best team is in the SEC. Right. So it'll be interesting. That's actually quite an interesting game. Um, I'll, I'll definitely have it on with the sound here before George kicks off at 3.30 on Saturday. Um, but, yeah, is, is like, are we at the point where there's literally two teams and, like, even when they play in the SEC title game, will they even possibly not show everything just to get ready for the national title game, which would be in January? Is that a ridiculous thought? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think it's a ridiculous thought. There has not been another team. I mean – Iowa, but their strength of schedule like is not the same as what what Bama and Georgia have played. That that could be up there. Like th- this is a two horse race. It's, I mean, both the the prospect is both exciting and scary because I you know I think everyone wants that to be the national title game and they would probably have to collide in the SEC championship yeah, before that. 
Um, so hopefully that game doesn't knock one of the two of them who at this point in the season both absolutely deserve the one and two seeds. If they're both 12-0, and 0, it won't knock them yeah, out. Right. The only question is would it knock them to four so they would actually play each other in the semifinals, which I don't think the nah, committee the, the is com- foolish enough. It would just not in the three. Yeah, the I, yeah. committee would rig the shit out of that. To yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it, it, at this point, it's a two-horse race. I don't have the futures odds up in front of me, but I, I, I bet you yeah. those, those two are head and shoulders so above everybody they're else. They're co-favorites at plus 135. The next team is Ohio State at 12-1, to 1, plus 1,200. Is, is it worth betting on both right now and then trying to hedge later and see what happens? Well, I guess you'd be hedging during the game. <laughs> yeah, so at plus, at plus 135, you can't yeah. take them both. They'd have to be 200 or better to be able to take them both, and if one of them wins, make money. So, Well, the only um, thing I was saying is if you literally live bet during the SEC title game as your hedge, that would be my only thought, but that's probably a little ridiculous. Yeah, Not it, the SEC title, just national championship. I really don't love it at 135 because yeah. one of these two teams is going to lose a game. Again, they'd, they'd have to play each other in the SEC title at some point, so one of them literally has to lose a game um, before the college football playoff. And the way I would think about this from a futures perspective is if it's a close game, whichever one loses in the SEC championship game, their odds are going to drop. You're going to get really good money on them. If it's a close enough Fair game point. where you feel like they could you know, do something a little different in the championship and win it, that's who I would pick. But 135 is just, for a futures yeah. bet, is fucking brutal. Yeah, and you're right. you're right. The loser of the SEC title game, the odds don't maybe drop a ton, but they drop some. Right. Could be to 185. No. And, and and now that team has to play Iowa or Penn State, which is going to be a tougher battle than potentially the number one team playing, I don't know, Cincinnati or, uh, God, I don't even know, the big, does Oklahoma have a chance if they do, if they do, fight? I, I agree, Oklahoma's going to lose some games here. They're just not good enough. No. Um, I don't think any of these big 12 teams are good enough no. to run a table. They're all going to start beating each other up like the ACC has already done yep. um, with, with Clemson not being dominant this year. So it's, it's really... The interesting part of the college football season is sort of going to be the everything else. And the everything else starts with Penn State-Iowa on Saturday. That's really the everything else that's going to be quite interesting. Um, But it would be really, really hard to believe after what the evidence we've seen to date that either Bama or Georgia are even challenged. I mean, A&M isn't nearly as good as I I was the one hyping A&M up when we started this thing a a month ago. And they're not that good. Bama's going to kick the shit out of them. Auburn, I watched Auburn play against LSU on Saturday night. Um, they gutted one out at Baton Rouge, which was a pretty nice win. And Nick's is a tricky quarterback because he's he, – I don't know how much you guys have watched Nick's play for Auburn, but – That little scramble. That little, like yeah, that little bastard guy. runs all over the – he's like what Johnny Manziel was at A&M before Somehow Johnny found got a guy. But I, I like that play that I saw so much like commentary on the big networks that were like – Oh, he's so amazing. Look at his ability to make some plays. I'm like, he almost fucked that up for them way worse. Oh, no. than look, you, you get bad. It was a there's, bad decision. there's bad with the good with, with Bo Nix. Yeah. It's not all it's not all great. He does some crazy shit, but I'll tell you what, talk about a guy who can scramble in and out of trouble. My God, yeah. now he's just getting the problem is the Georgia front four is just gonna come straight at him and there's nowhere to go because it's it's Still, I can't handle what they're what they're gonna see on Saturday. So so now that Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. If they win out, y'all think they'll get a playoff spot? I, I want to think they deserve it. Yes. I want to give. Yeah. It, I want them to have it. I don't. I'm not sold. If Oklahoma were to run the table because it's yeah. Oklahoma and because it's the Big Twelve, the answer is no. Oklahoma yeah. would get in. Um, is there a path back for Ohio State? Never know. Um, I put Cincinnati in over Ohio State. I think the I would too. too, but I don't know if the committee would. Yeah, if they run the table. Yeah. So, NFL guys, yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Yeah, we sorry we spent a lot of time. We'll get, we're going to be really speedy with the NFL today because, uh, shit, we got to get ready for the Sox game tonight. So I'm going to run through the games. We're going to have a quick, quick chat about them. Then we're going to make our picks and peace on out. All right. Thursday night, Rams minus two and a half at Seattle. Schmidto. Um, 12th man um, in Seattle. Can Seahawks win two in a row? They need it bad. Um, I think that. What the Rams just put up against the Cardinals is not indicative of who they are. I think they can bounce back and win this. I'm kind of with that. I'm, I'm curious if the Rams have the bounce back in them. Got to give Seattle credit winning at the Niners. was pretty good the other day. Uh, from Jolly Old England, 9.30 a.m. kickoff. I will be open for it. We can't serve alcohol till 11, but I'll have the game on. Uh, the Jets are three-and-a-half-point underdogs on the neutral site against the Atlanta Falcons. Which team will win their second game? The Jets five- – one quicker than we thought last week. Um, can they make it two in a row again? 
literally jets are designed to go overseas. <laughs> Look, if the Jets pass rush is what it was with their seven sacks against the Titans, I, I, I like their chances. Uh, speaking of the Titans, the Tennessee Titans coming off a loss. Three and a half point favorites at the Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot of controversy going on with uh, Urban Meyer in Jacksonville right now. Yeah, I just wonder if Urban Meyer is really grinding this week. You know, grinding the playbook, <laughs> grinding the scheme. I don't yeah. know. Moving and shaking it and having a blast. Uh, yeah, the, the the Titans are going to get, I think, at least one of Julio, if not both of Julio and A.J. Brown back. I think uh, last week was an aberration for the Titans. Uh, I don't think they're going to struggle that much versus the Jacks. If the Titans could put up offense because they get one of those guys back, you'd like them here. The Jacksonville just seems like a hot mess right now. I'm sure Trevor Lawrence is already trying to separate himself from uh, from his own head coach. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, Schmidt squad, three and a half point favorites at the at the really playing well Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, are the Bengals for, for real? Is Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, can they beat Aaron Rodgers, the defending MVP? Uh, fucking points fest here. The only reason Steelers can't score against the Packers is because their quarterback's fat, ugly, and should retire immediately. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of points here. How real is this Cincinnati Bengals team? This is a really, really good test at home for them, though. And Burrows look great. Jamar Chase looked great. This is going to be a fun game to watch. The Miami Dolphins coming off a loss. Uh, I don't know if two is back. I don't think so. So I think we're looking yeah. at Jacoby Brissett again as a starter. Ten and a half point dogs at the Tampa Bay Bucks coming off a very, very tight win in the very emotional Brady game in New England. So Brady's been passing more than any quarterback this year. Are, are the Bucks going to finally establish the run, give the rock to Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette more? Um, the... It's the biggest spread of the week. Is it too many points uh, for the Bucks to cover? The, I, I'm, I'm with Billy right there. I was kind of going down the same road. Miami is not a team that's easy to blow out. They play defense, and Flores knows Brady pretty well with what he's going to do. Can the Dolphins keep this close? The Lions are seven and a half points. Pretty big number here. Lions are seven and a half point underdogs at the Minnesota Vikings. Is Dalvin Cook healthy? Alexander Madison out touched him last week. He only got nine touches. Um, and they're gonna they're gonna need him going forward if they want to compete with the Packers for the NFC North. Uh, yeah, I was surprised that the line was so big on this one as well. The Vikings just put up seven total points against the Browns, and I know their defense is a lot better than the Lions. But after just scoring seven, how can you be a seven and a half point favorite over anyone in the NFL? That line interests me. Is Cousins just a stat stuffer, or can he actually put points on the board? Throws for a lot of yards, doesn't always score a lot of points. Denver Broncos coming off their first loss, point and a half dog at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is it possible for Big Ben to play bad enough to lose a starting job? Ooh, I hope so. He's fat, he's ugly, and he should retire. <laughs> Will either team score 17 points in this game? The Pats, eight-and-a-half-point favorites, coming off a very tight loss, but a very encouraging performance from Mac Jones. Eight-and-a-half-point favorites at, do we want to call them the hapless Houston Texans? They look, That was pretty bad. 40-0, bro. 40-0. In, in the NFL, that does not happen. Yeah, Mac Jones looked really good last week, I thought, especially considering the circumstances. Um, is he going to let that continue and mount his MVP, um, Rookie of the Year campaign? Uh, 40 to 0. That's all I got to say. Wow. 40 to uh, 0. Will, will McDaniels let Mac finally really open it up? You know, they've got pretty good receivers. They've got the two tight ends. Um, I'm curious to see if the Patriots will play aggressive football, throw down field more. I still question whether they have full confidence to do that. The New Orleans Saints coming off a home loss, which uh, i got to admit shocked the hell out of me. I thought coming off of not having a home game for two years, they would go out there and handle business. They are two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Washington Sports Club CrossFitters. Are we ever going to see Washington's defense step up like we thought they were before the season started? Saints are the psychotic ex-girlfriend you have that sometimes shows up and is the happiest person in the world and sometimes shows up and is pissed off and angry about nothing whatsoever. Which one of these Saints teams is going to show up this week? I don't know. Will Kamara dominate Washington, whose defense is not what they should have been this year? The Eagles, who are a very gamey, battly kind of team. you got to love the, the character out of Jalen Hurts. And all of a sudden, Devonta Smith's looking pretty good. Uh, our three-and-a-half-point dogs at the 3-1 and one Carolina Panthers. So Eagles offense looked great last week despite having an offensive line riddled with injuries. They play a great defense this week in the Panthers, much better than the Chiefs last week. Can they protect Jalen Hurts? Uh, 
Sam Darnold stat for you has the most rushing touchdowns ever of any starting quarterback through five games of the season. Four games of the season. Five rushing touchdowns for Darnold. Um, Carolina started 3-0, much like the Denver Broncos. We're starting to see these teams that are middle-of-the-pack teams. They finally took a loss. We had this. We talked about this for weeks on end. Are they coming back to the pack here? Is Carolina for real? Are they really a 4-1 team? The Bears, five-and-a-half-point dogs at the Raiders. Will we see another good performance from my mind just went Blake. Just Justin Fields. Fields um, he looked great last. He looked much better last week than the week before. Um, well, they continued operating that offensive scheme that kind of opens things up for him. Let him lets him run a little bit as well. Um, yeah, the the Bears were able to use Justin Fields effectively because David Montgomery was running like a fucking champion. He did get injured late in the game. If he's not a hundred percent, I don't think that Bears offense can be as dynamic. I kind of like the Raiders here. Were the Raiders just outplayed by a really good Charger team last night? Or are they still a pretty damn good team? Or are they more of a middle-of-the-pack team? Uh, probably the best game of the Sunday day games. The Cleveland Browns, one-and-a-half-point dog at the Chargers. Ooh, yeah, is Baker Mayfield healthy? About two weeks ago, they said he kind of had a shoulder hiccup. He looked terrible last week. He missed OBJ multiple times wide open, missed Kareem Hutt in the end zone. Is he healthy? Uh, yeah, I, I had half a point, one and a half. I, I, I like the Chargers even more. They looked electric last night. The defense was getting stopped. The offense was awesome. I love the Chargers' like ballsiness to go for it on fucking every fourth down. Um, I, I think the Chargers can can put up some points here. I'm surprised that they are dogs, and I'm definitely surprised they're dogs by almost two points. No, the Chargers are point half favorite. Oh, okay. The, the Browns flipped, are point half dogs. It flipped. Yeah, oh, okay. After last that night. line's been moving after last night. All right, all right. I'm, I'm out Sorry. of date. I'm old and out of date. Either way, this commentary stays the same, kind of like the Chargers in this one. Oh, the Browns, all year long, great defense. The Chargers became a pretty damn good defense last night. Curious to see which quarterback can fire through, and you're right, is Mayfield healthy? Um, Giants got their first win. Six and a half point dog at the Dallas Cowboys. Is the Cowboys' defense for real? They, they, I think they lead the league in turnovers right now. Um, the Cowboys are head and shoulders better than the Giants. The nine, oh, I'll, I don't really have much of a comment on that because kind of, I'm right there with you. Uh, the Niners are a five-and-a-half-point dog at the undefeated, coming off of a big win against the Rams, the Arizona Cardinals. Is this an elite team? Is this the elite team in the NFC right now, the Cardinals? Yeah, Trey Lance or Jimmy G, who will we see this week? Uh, yeah, we, we were kind of hitting it. This conversation sounds like we might have it next week, but Trey Lance is right in there with one of the best rookie quarterbacks uh, after that performance. He finally got like a, almost a full game under his belt. Uh, I mean, he are they going to even go back to Jimmy G? Who knows? Um, it sounds like Jimmy G is going to start if he's healthy from what the discussion's been today that I saw before we started this. And what do they have for the, for the Cardinals right now? The Cardinals seem pretty unstoppable. Yeah. This is a pretty damn big game right here. Huge. The Buffalo Bills coming off back-to-back dominant performances yeah. at the, I would assume we all thought going into the season, a prohibitive favorite to at least get to, if not win the Super Bowl, the Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs. This is the Sunday night game. This is a big one. The over-under is 56.5, which is by far the most on the slate. Is that enough? Um, I told you guys in our preseason picks, the Bills were not only my AFC pick, but the Super Bowl pick that I loved. They have looked like it so far. This will be their greatest test. No other thoughts besides I'm fucking excited to watch this game. Yeah, I just want to get the popcorn out. I don't, I don't even care. I just want to watch. This is going to be great football. Monday Night Football, the seven-and-a-half point – oh, pardon me. The Indianapolis Colts are seven-and-a-half point dogs mm-hmm. at the – Resilient. I say resilient. Lamar's beat up, but he's playing. All these running backs tore their ACLs and Achilles in the preseason. These Baltimore Ravens, you know, I, I've always kind of had this debate. People talk about great coaches, Belichick, and, and you know, you can pick Andy Reid and Sean Payton. When, when, is, when is John Harbaugh going to get the credit for being the elite, elite head coach that he is? He's got these guys playing in Baltimore. Yeah, what will John Harbaugh not do to um, rush 100 yards? In a game. What's the streak? 20 games now, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Um, for me, it was it was the, the story here is the Colts bounce back. I think the Ravens have been pretty consistent. This, I mean, I, I guess they almost lost to the Lions, but they they're finding a way to win games. They're they're right in there for the AFC North. The Colts uh, looked like they sucked in last week, found some life. So can they keep that life going? Do we have time to, to discuss what we wanted to have, or should we wrap it up and move on and do it next week? Let's give it one more week. I think one more week will tell us a lot. So we'll tease it for next week. We were, we were talking about this uh, this morning, chatting with each other. This was the first week I think we've seen all these rookie quarterbacks that were high first-round picks, or first-round picks, finally play well or get in there. From a get in there, it was a Trey Lance thing. Fields, much improved. Mac much improved. Zach Wilson, big win. And who am I? Oh, Trevor Lawrence. In a loss, really battled on Thursday night, uh, the best we've seen of him. So really all five of these first-round quarterback picks were starting to maybe in week four we saw something out of them. So when we sit here next week, um, we're going to have a little bit of a discussion about Rookie of the Year and yep. where this is headed. And look, it might be none of them winning Rookie of the Year, but I think it's a worthy uh, discussion. Yeah. Um, any last thoughts, guys? Um, no, let's get into our little picks. I've got oh shit, what am I doing? Four on I don't the week. Picks yet? My bad. You meant we'll give you credit. Last thoughts before we make our picks. That's, that's <laughs> what I meant. Um, I've got four. How many do you have? I don't know. I've made any. I'm about to make it right now. You've got five. So I'm going start. last. You've got the most so, picks. You start. Um, I have Seattle plus two and a half at home Ooh. against the Rams. The Rams did prove um, that they could get beat last week, and Seattle has Russell Wilson at home. I'm taking them. Um, I'm taking Carolina minus three, three and a half against Philly. I think Carolina is still for real. They had a lot of turnovers against the Cowboys, which I don't think they will suffer from at home against Philly. Um, I'm taking Justin Herbert and the Chargers minus one and a half against the Browns. As we said earlier, Baker Mayfield looks a little roughed up. I don't think he, he can keep up with Herbert. Um, then I'm going to take the Chiefs money line. Minus 145. Ooh, um, I don't trust their defense enough to be laying any points on the spread. I'm also going to take over 56.5 points. They combined for 60-something um, in the AFC Championship game last year, and they're going to score a ton. All right. Love that. I don't know if that money line pick is legal since we always yeah. go on the spread, but we'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. Um, I'm going to go with you in the Panthers pick. I think the Eagles – Played good offense last week. I don't think that's sustainable against a surprisingly good Panthers defense. Um, the Panthers have continued to roll. Um, well, you know, I, I, well, I'll give you a theme for the week. I picked everything on the theme except for my one over/under pick. Bounce back week. Bounce back week for everybody. Panthers got worked by the Cowboys. Eagles somehow looked good against the Chiefs. I think this is a regression to the mean. Eagles suck. Panthers are good. They're going to cover the spread. Um, same theme. Regression to the mean. Rams at Seahawks. Rams lost last week. Defense didn't look great. It's a get-right game. The Seahawks can be got by good defenses. They've lost a couple games already and showed that. Rams minus two and a half. They are a Super Bowl contender. They are going to show why again this week. Um, another big bounce-back game. Jags looked good. Titans looked bad and lost to the Jets. Get-right game for the Titans. They're going to get their weapons back. Uh, the Titans are better. Way better than three and a half points uh, over the Jags. So I'm taking Titans minus three and a half. My last pick, which is not a get right game at all, just a god damn it, does my team look sad. We're going under 40 with Broncos and Steelers. It's the lowest over under I've seen of any game all season. And it's for a very good reason. Neither of these teams is going to get to 20 points. I may take an alternate like under 36 line as well. Uh, this is going to be a boring one. Big Ben needs to go retire right now. That's yours. I got five for you guys. Right. Uh, I think I think we saw something for real. I don't think it was big. I think the Jets plus three and a half is a great pick in London at the Falcons. I don't think the Fal the Jets' biggest problem is when Zach Wilson's getting killed back there. He didn't get killed back there. I don't think the Falcons have a particularly effective pass Jets rush. Jets are literally meant to fly. Jets are going to fly. Plus three and a half <laughs> against the Falcons in London. I'm 1,000 million percent with Billy. The Titans minus three and a half is a ridiculously low number against a franchise in the Jacksonville Jaguars that, to be honest right now, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how long Urban Meyer is going to coach this team. I have a feeling we will not see him complete the season. Uh, the fact that the owner is already talking about we're not firing him, we're just going to reprimand him now for his off-the-field actions, that's not a good sign. I always thought Urban Meyer had one foot out the door 
uh, waiting on the USC job or whatever. So I'm looking for a, I'm looking for like a Castellanos deep left field, and that'll make it a 4-0 ball game moment for. Uh, the commentator for this game about Urban Meyer being like, we don't know how long he's going to be a coach here, and there's a pass to Julio Jones. That's going to make it a 21 to nothing ball game for the Titans. No, I, I'm, I 100% agree. <laughs> so, there's going to be some snide comments all week long in various yeah. places of sports talk radio and potentially during the broadcast, uh, certainly the road broadcast. I'm sure the Tennessee Titans radio guys will have something to say. Um, I'm going to disagree with you guys. I like the Eagles plus three and a half. I always thought Carolina – Probably came out against a weaker schedule early because uh, it's still it's looking more and more like the Saints weren't as good as we maybe thought. Um, I like Jalen Hurts. He's just a character guy. He's a tough guy. He played his ass off against the Chiefs. He is a winner. Some guys, this was my thing about Josh Allen a couple years ago when he was a much less accurate quarterback as a rookie is there was something about him that seemed to have like a winner gene. I didn't. He was wild. He was thrown all over the place, and now you see how good he is. Jalen Hurts maybe wasn't the most accurate quarterback coming out of Alabama slash Oklahoma. And she lost his job in Alabama to Tua. But the guy's a winner. And there's something about leadership in that quarterback position on the field. And I'm starting to like what I'm seeing in Philly. I think it's heading in the right direction. Thank I like good them. you picked against us because if we all picked the Panthers, yeah, we'd all knew that yeah. was doomed. So I like that plus three and a half. <laughs> um, you made a comment. I'm agreeing with the comment. The Dallas Cowboys six and a half is not nearly enough. They're looking good. Uh, Dan Quinn's done a lot with that defense. It's not a dominant defense, but it's certainly an improved defense. Schmidt made the point they forced the most turnovers in the NFL. The Giants eked out a win against the Saints, but I don't love them right now. I do like the Cowboys minus six and a half. And the Arizona Cardinals, I'm taking it home minus five and a half against the Niners. Jimmy G's banged up. He will probably maybe play. Trey Lance looked okay, looked better. He played, but man, right now the Cardinals are, are a locomotive and, uh, um, what they did to the Rams this past week was pretty, pretty impressive. So five and a half is not nearly enough points for me. I'm going to take the Cardinals. And that is the final pick of the day. Woo! That was episode 10. Last thoughts. The Red Sox, the Yankees, tonight, Dirty Water. We will open the doors at 4 p.m. We're doing dollar beers from 4 to 5, $2 beers from 5 to 6, $3 beers from 6 to 7, it's going to be nuts in here. I would strongly recommend get here as early as you can because I am expecting a full house. Do not worry about the weather. We have canopies ready to use. We are rain or shine situation. We will have this game for you. The front bar will be open. The back bar will be open. We're going to throw the umbrellas up in the roof. We're going to the canopies in the patio. So please fear not. Looks like we're going to have a little quick storm here later this afternoon. It's going to come and go. We will be ready for it. We're already prepared for it. So that is everything here at Dirty Water. After all these football picks, I'm not going to be thinking one thing about football until until tomorrow because this is everything. Uh, go Sox. Guys, last thoughts. Uh, tonight's wild card game, tomorrow wild card game, Thursday night football, Friday college football, Saturday college football, Sunday NFL, Monday NFL. Oh, my God. What an amazing week. And, he, we and, and hold up. A couple more things, guys. Divisional baseball starts and, Thursday and, and Friday baseball. as well. Baseball Thursday and Friday. Hold too. up. Go Sox. Go Sox, go Sox baby. Sox. That was episode 10. Thanks, guys. See ya.